and welcome to Backstage at the Baths with me, Lizzie Welch. We have a very exciting episode today because we have a special guest podcast host. It's not often I do this, but I am handing over to an expert this time. So welcome to Barrett from the Iron Hour podcast. What an introduction. Thank you for that. That was fantastic. Yeah, so it's Barry here, regular host of the Iron Hour podcast. I'm absolutely privileged to be down here at the Baths Hall today to interview a, well, legendary guest um, ahead of his show on the 2nd of June here at the Baths Hall. It's legendary football manager Neil Warnock um, coming fresh off the back of keeping Huddersfield in the championship. I can't wait to get stuck into this interview. Big thank you, Lizzie, for having me down. It's an absolute pleasure. We have got questions from you guys that have sent them in, so we will be asking some of those as well. We're also going to be obviously asking him about the show here at the Bath Hall, which is on the Friday, the 2nd of June. Um, tickets are still available for that, and we'll uh, tell you all about those in the outro. But without further ado, shall we get him on? Yeah, let's get him on. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, Neil, and welcome to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Nice to be with you. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the show, and Barry's going to talk to you about your career so far. So I think uh, we'll start off with you, Barry, if you like. You go straight on in there. Yeah, I've got to ask the obvious one straight away, Neil. Um, fresh off the back of keeping Huddersfield in the Championship, where does this one rank in terms of your managerial achievements? Yeah, it's at the very top, really. I mean, it was, uh, I think, after three games, here we were seven points adrift and we had 11 out of the top 12 to play and you know it's pretty formidable really and uh, we didn't look like a survival team at the time but we they've worked ever so hard and it's been a, a monumental um success story really the lads have really put a shift in and on the training ground each game we've had to be really thorough in what we do and and they've just enjoyed it really we've played with a smile on our faces really and was it 30 years after you was last at Huddersfield? How did that feel coming back? Yeah, not, not, not much difference, really. My, my first, my last year was when we opened the new stadium. So it was nice to come back and look at the new stadium. Fans have always been good with me here whenever I've, whenever I've come back. And uh, it was nice to help them, really. It was in a bit of a, a bit of a mess, really, on the field. So it was good to come and, and put a few smiles back on their faces as well, the fans. And of course, you spent two years here at Scunthorpe, didn't you? Um, we're at the Bath Hall today, which is just across from where the old showground used to be. What are your memories of the old showground? What are your memories of playing for Scunthorpe? Uh, my physio, Charlie Strong, he, he got me into chiropody there. Yeah, um, I've, I've read about this. I wanted to ask you, actually, what, what was it about playing for Scunthorpe that made you think about a career outside, a safety net, if you will? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think. I thought, well, I'm not going to play football forever. I, I was never a great player, although I played 300 odd games. I was always, Kevin Randall said, you're the only guy I know, Neil, who made a success out of being a failure. And, <laughs> and, and so my playing career wasn't really one to, to shine. But um, Scunthorpe was good. I, I had, But pre-season, I had bad feet always, blisters and all sorts of things wrong. And, and Charlie Strong, the physio, I used to look after my feet and I used to say, um, why don't you think about doing it proper? Because I, I was always messing about with scalpels and things like that and doing other lads' feet while I was there. And that's when I did. I ended up doing a two-year course and, and I was a chiropodist for a number of years. So uh, it was it was good. Football-wise, I remember the FA Cup run where we drew uh, Newcastle United equalised late on up yes. Newcastle. I think it was Terry McDermott. And we should have won up there. And then... We're looking forward to a great 
return at, at, at you know at Scunthorpe, and we had that flaming before you were born. I think we had that electricity <laughs> ele electricity strike or something. We couldn't we couldn't have floodlights on, and we had to play on a Tuesday afternoon with hardly any atmosphere, and we got beat. Malcolm McDonald scored two or three, I think. So that was a disappointment, but some good times there. Angus Davison and uh, one or two of the other lads were characters at the time. Stephen Deer was a big centre half uh, who came from the area as well. So uh, I, you know, I've got good good memories of the place. Do you, do you remember who the manager was at the time? Was it Ron Ashman yeah. or Bradley? Ron Ashman, both of them I had. Yeah, I had Ron Ashman, and when he signed me from Hartlepool, they were second from the bottom, and he said, "Neil, there's only one way we can go." And I proved him wrong. <laughs> we finished bottom. Fantastic. And then Ron Bradley. Ron Bradley come in and <laughs> pre-season friendly. He brought these, uh, I forget what you call them now. You know where you stand them up for a wall? Um, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, slot them in the pitch. Yeah, man mannequins. And he, he had us bending balls around the mannequin. He'd been watching Brazil in the World Cup. <laughs> so he got us bending balls around a mannequin. We couldn't even kick it straight, let alone bend it. Couldn't reach the mannequins, <laughs> could you, Neil? Yeah. And then was Dickie Rooks would have been about, would he? Yeah, Dickie Rooks. I can't think... Yeah, I think he took over, yeah. Uh, he made me look smart in my dress sense, Dickie. <laughs> All right, one of those, was he? Yeah. But then, of course, you know, you skip forward to your career as a manager, Um Seems relatively local towards your first job at, at Gainsborough. Do you want to talk to us about how that one came about? Um, I, was, I was just finishing, really, and I wanted to go into management. I knew a lad, Les Harris, who was playing at uh, at Gainsborough, and they were playing Ghoul Town, and both clubs were looking for managers. And I went to see him, and I waited for Les, and I saw the Gainsborough chairman come out on his own, walking down the pitch. So I ran after him and introduced myself and said I was looking to get into player management and uh, how ambitious were they. I, I more or less interviewed him at the time. I thought, be positive. Yeah. And um, I gave him my number and he, that, that following midweek, he rang me up and would I come for an interview? And, and and that's how I got it, really. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, as well, I, I, when you was manager at Scarborough, do you have any memories of coming back to the old showground as manager? Yeah, poor old Kevin Blackwell. He broke his ankle. Uh, I've got a picture of him, a painting that somebody did, a fabulous painting, and it's the, the it's with Kevin in the goals and the old ground there. It looks fabulous, um, an oil oil painting. Uh, but poor old Kev landed wrong and, and broke his ankle, and uh, but we did manage to hang on and win. Just just touching on Kevin Blackwell, seems to you've mentioned him. I, I seem to remember a story from about. 2001 when he was your assistant coming up against Stan Turnant. Was there a bit of a backstory there? Not really. We were a bit more hot air than anything else. Accusations left, right and centre. But I'm glad to say I've made up with Stan now. We're two old men that are quite happy now. Yeah, <laughs> bygones be bygones and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, you came up against Scunthorpe quite a lot of times in your managerial career. Um, the ones that stand out for me in relatively recent memory, of course, when you was manager of, of QPR, I think Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe won 4-1 the season you went up. On the Saturday, on the uh, Easter Saturday, I think it was, because we went to Barnsley on the Monday after that. And in, on the Sunday, I'd got my owners who were called Bri Flav Flav Flavio Briatore ringing me, telling me that, you know, um, well, the, the chief exec, Gian 
Johnny, who I liked, he, he rang me, oh, Flavio wants to sack you and, and all this, you know, and uh, we'll never get another point, 4-1 against Scunthorpe. Um, and I had, and then uh, uh, I had to ring Bernie Eccleston up, he was the partner. And I said, listen, Bernie, there's only 10 games to go, something like that. I said, I'm still the best one to get you promoted. So, you know, I, I think you sh I should just put him in his place, really. And he's just said, just ignore him, Neil. He's like that all the time. And uh, so I just ignored him. And But Tarab, he didn't play that game. He was, uh, he asked for permission to go home because one of his friends had got shot uh, in Paris. And uh, so I let him go home. And, uh, and then on the Sunday, because we lost, I'm desperate for him at Barnsley. And uh, he was going into the training ground on the Sunday. I got my secretary to not just see him in the training ground, but follow him everywhere and get him up in a car because I was desperate for him. And uh, she said, oh, he wants to go. I said, no, don't leave him. I don't want you to leave him. Get it. You follow him, get him in the car and get him up to and the hotel. And uh, we got him up to, up to Barnsley and he scored after a minute. And then it was like Dunkirk. We could have got beat 10, but we won 1-0. And then we went on to get promotion. It was a, you know, it was a... But we really got battered at Scunthorpe that, uh, on the Saturday. That was a season Scunthorpe went down, our, our final season in the Championship. It was... I remember that result was just... It was just a freak, a freak result. I don't... I, if memory serves me correct, I don't believe we were the better team on the day either. We no, just... we played we played quite well. Yeah. We... Everything, everything you hit went in. It happens like that sometimes, yeah, it does, it? yeah. I mean, you, you touched on to wrap there. Other players that, um, you know, great legendary players that played under Neil, the likes of Paddy Kenny, who you signed multiple times. What, what what was it about players that made you want to re-sign them, in particular the likes of Paddy Kenny? I think it, you you just trust people as a manager. You get you become to trust people, and uh, goalkeeping position is very very important, really. And that. I knew Paddy. The reason Paddy was a good goalie is you could count his mistakes on one hand. Uh, all goalies make mistakes, but he his were few and far between, really. And uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's it, it's one of them things. I'm not sure, but I think Paddy's coming to Scunthorpe as well. I think I think I asked him a couple of weeks ago, so it'd be interesting. Right, incredible. If it comes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be a fantastic treat for anyone who, who's turning up, and you know, hopefully, we get more. Well, if you've playing. heard if you've heard Paddy speak, it won't be a treat, man. <laughs> well i did i did read his uh his autobiography and you were mentioned in great depth actually yeah. uh, in that so he's, he's got very kind things to say about you um another memory that strikes out to me of your time as a manager coming up against scunthorpe was um i think it was four nil you lost at palace to scunthorpe and do, do you yeah. have any memory of that absolutely yeah because i went in after in my room to, and simon jordan came in and uh I said to him, look, Simon, I can't do any more than that. Um, I think it's time, really. And uh, expecting him to agree with me, are you with me? He, what are you talking about, he said. You're the best manager I could ever have for this. You'll be all right on Monday, we'll get up and go. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm absolutely am I sure. And off he, off he went and we turned the corner. Yeah. And just showed you I would have walked out that day, you know. <laughs> I think it's so important he, to have people believe in you, isn't it? it, it yeah, makes it is. Massive yeah. Difference. Do yeah. you find that as a manager then? Is that what you try and instill in your players? Yeah, I, well, I think I, I try and do that with players, players who have been probably written off. Uh, I love I love making them believe in themselves, really. That's been my, probably one of my strengths over my career. We've spoken quite in depth about your time coming up against Scunthorpe. 
Was you ever close to taking the Scunthorpe job at any time? And I know right now it seems ridiculous considering Scunthorpe are going down into the sixth tier, but, you know, not so long ago they were in the championship, you yourself. You know, I, th I think there was a time, I can't remember exactly, I can't remember who the who the owner was as well, but, you know, I, I forgot that many things. But there was a time, because same with Doncaster Rovers, I, you know, I nearly got that job as well at one stage. So it, there, are, there are occasions where I know it's been mentioned but never, you know, never materialised, and it's sad. I am sad to see where they are. I keep, I've been looking at the results all season, hoping that things could turn around and what have you. But you know, Scunthorpe, my old club, Torquay as well. I manage them. You know, two good clubs really. So I hope they can both bounce back. I, 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 I do believe Scunthorpe will come back. So. Thank you for your kind words about that. Um, the listeners on my regular pod, the the Iron Hour, they're quite a jovial bunch. And a topic that came up recently was, uh, you know, I can't not mention it, was the documentary, the Sheffield United documentary. And uh, do you remember much about how that came about? And you know, I have to ask you about the Kevin Muscat incident. What happened there? I think I think really what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do a, um, I didn't want to do a documentary that was a, sort of a made up. Um, I wanted to do a proper documentary. So I agreed with, I trusted the camera and I trusted the people that were doing it, that I could have the last say. Because I said to them, I want to be mic'd up, but I don't want to be any different than myself. So I won't think I'm mic'd up. Wherever I do, I go, I'm going to be myself. And if it's not right, I don't want to cut it out. I said, I won't cut it out for the sake of it to make me look good. I just don't want to cut it out if it's rude, if it's, you know, not right. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was all they never let me down, and it was it, that's how it was, and it came over really good because of that. You know, I mean, Muscat thing at, at Millwall. You know, he was. I mean, he was the. I he can was see the, the smile most, on your face already. Well, he was the he was the most dirtiest player I have ever seen in my life at Wolves, and he, and he, he went down there to Millwall, and uh, I mean, he didn't go over the top, over the top to the knee. He almost went to the throat. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, and he, and he did it with Paddy and they had a bust up because he got sent off and I, I was glad he got sent off and then next minute referee knocks on my door and sends Paddy off and I hadn't I hadn't got another goalie I didn't bother with goalies in them days uh, Jaggy Elford, he was a good goalie Jaggy, yeah. so put Jaggy in then they scored 1-0 uh, and then we, we, we ended up scoring twice and winning the game with Jaggy Elker in goals so it was a good memory and there's that famous quote from that, was it? Uh, what's the difference? We're in London. Did, did, did you often find that going down to London? Did you find it harder to get those decisions? Absolutely. I mean, listen, referees are only human, aren't they? It's when big crowds get on the backs of linesmen and referees. They're like they're only human. It's you know they they don't want to be disliked, and it's uh, I think it, it does influence at times. Yeah. Just a couple more for me. Um, one I wanted to ask you was you, you have a little bit of a reputation of being a championship manager. Do you think that's a little bit unfair? I mean, I know no, you've managed I'm in the Premier League. Absolutely delighted with it, mate. It's my <laughs> favourite league. It's the hardest league. I love... I don't want to go to the top clubs and play because you've no chance at, at Man United and all these. Although, when I was at Cardiff, my last game was at Man United and we beat them 2-0 at Old Trafford. Um, so, I've, I've had some... Some good times, but I've been let down. Nearly every time I've been in a premiership, I've been let down badly, either by owners or referees. And uh, But in the championship, I just love it. I, I love 
uh, you know, I mean, you know, the mill walls of this world, the bread and butter, what I call, you yeah. know, they get they get slaughtered at times. But I, I think it's a lovely club, Millwall. Are you with me? And I, and I like I like this uh, all these types of clubs where you get different fans. Um, and I think I've got more of a a rapport with that the championship type of fans than the old prong cocktail blokes up top end. Last last one for me before I pass over to Lizzie. What who's been the best player that you've ever managed? It's difficult, really. I mean, Tarab was really good at uh, QPR, but Wilfred Zaha, I, I re-signed him. Um, yeah, I had him as a young lad, and he, I mean, he did things with his feet. You couldn't quite see how he did it, even in slow motion. It was that quick. I had another lad called Victor Moses, yeah, uh, and I had some good centre halves as well. You know, Chris Morgan at Sheffield, no, no nonsense. Uh, Craig Short from Scarborough, he ended up playing for Everton and uh, England B. And he was a bank clerk at Scarborough when I took him on. You know, he's, it was... Uh, so to see people like that uh, get to the top, it makes it's made me very, very proud at times. Perfect. Right, now, I would like to talk to you a little bit more about the show itself, because obviously you are coming here to the Bath Hall on... Thank goodness for that, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> we need on, to sell some tickets. <laughs> on Friday, the 2nd of June, and we are very excited to have you here. Um, now, this is the first time that you've ever done something like this in front of a live audience. What's prompted you to finally take the plunge and come on tour? It was just, I was, I was talking to Steve, who, who looks after me, and, and we were just talking about stories, and, and he just said, why don't you, you know, why don't you go to different places and have, have an evening? And uh, I mean, I've got that many clubs. We, I could go on a two or three year tour, couldn't I, really? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know the places I like, you know the ones I've really I enjoyed being at York, for example, and and um, we've got one at Nottingham where I had a great time. But I also wanted to do one or two places where I used to get a bit of stick, you know, like Portsmouth and places <laughs> like that. So it'll be nice to sort of go where I get a bit of stick and uh, get a different type of audience and tell my stories. You know, um, I've got some really good stories over the years. I have to write them down at minute because I forget them. But other than that, it's uh, it's it's. I've enjoyed the evenings. It's really really been something to look forward to. Which actually links me in quite nicely. So obviously the show sounds like from the right up anyway that it's got a pretty relaxed feel. Is any of it actually scripted, or if you were to see every single show in your tour, are you likely to see something different? Yeah, I think I think the thing is when when you've had so many years. I mean, they tell me it's now 1,615 or 618 games, 1,618 games. Wow. 40-odd years. I mean, when you're talking about something and you have, you do have to have a plan and the, whoever's on the stage with me knows that I'm going to go off at a tangent <laughs> and he'll tell me one thing and I'll talk for 10 minutes, but then he'll bring me back down. Um, but then another thing comes in my mind, are you with me? Another story, what I forgot, not even planned. So it just comes out and uh, you can't shut me up, you know. Um, I think a couple of times they've had to say, you know, we're finishing at half ten. <laughs> so you're saying when we put our uh, approximate finish time, we should really put the potentially. <laughs> yeah, if you get near, sit near the back if you've got a bus to catch. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Fantastic. Um, so it does say no holds barred. How no holds barred are we talking here? Because I'm assuming, well, no. because obviously you are still working in, in the football profession, do you have to hold some stuff back? No, I think the thing is, yeah, yeah. Um, 
industrial language is a common thing in football. And some of the jokes and some of the stories, they need that punchline with, mm -hmm. with industrial language, really. So it's not a show for youngsters, um, yeah. you know. And I always apologise before the show about my language. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's just that, you know, stories about Cluffy and that, they need that punchline. Yeah. So it's it's better to be a Knowles Hall bard, and and I think people have enjoyed that. It's not it's not. I mean, it's not over the top, um, but it's. It, I have like I say, I have enjoyed doing them. And um, the show itself was, uh, I think, planned in before that for your success at Huddersfield. So have you had to change a lot of the content um, to update it with uh, to include your most recent successes, or are you still uh, is, it, is it still the how it was? You, you know, I'm a poet, don't you, Liz? <laughs> Did you know I was a poet? I did not know you were a poet. Oh, Lizzie. <laughs> the words. Well, I've done, yeah, I've done a poem in my show for all my career, from all of them. You know, I've mentioned every club. And uh, so I've got to do a final one now because I've already finished it. The last <laughs> one, I, I finished it about a year ago. So now I've got to do a, I've got to put my head in up my thought cap on and, and do another paragraph, another poem about Huddersfield. <laughs> and what will the plan be then? What will you, do you think you'll come back into management back end of next season when someone needs saving? I, I've no. If I'm honest, I've no idea. I have, I have really enjoyed it, and uh, and Huddersfield. They've got some new owners coming in. I've had, a, you know, I, I met them in in length yesterday, and they're really nice people. So I just hope, I hope for the best, really, for them. It's uh, like I say, it's a great club, and and I mean, you never say never, do you? Really, in football. Absolutely. Um, so obviously you've got some special guests that are joining you on tour. You've hinted to some someone that might be coming to Scunthorpe, but can you tell us any more about who would be expecting to be on the Bath Hall stage, or is that a top secret? No, not really. I, th I think at different different venues, I try and get different people on. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always try and, and, and get a few people from that area. I've not had a chance to ask Ian Botham yet. <laughs> <laughs> He, I remember when how he was playing in the reserves at one stage, wasn't it? He? Well, he made a Scunthorpe. few first team appearances for Scunthorpe. Oh, did he? Sorry, he did. Yeah. Oh, don't tell him I said that. Then, will <laughs> it's all right. We're not recording. Oh, no, yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it, you know, it, different people really. I invite, but um, really, I am really looking forward to it. Fantastic. Um, uh, final one about the show, really. Um, have do you have any pre-match rituals that you are maybe taking into a pre-show ritual <laughs> before this? Yeah, not really. I, I mean, I do get nervous. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's only natural when you're doing a show because, you know, when you're a manager, you're on the bench, but you've got your team around you. Are you with me? Yeah. Uh, whereas here, you come on the stage and you're on your own, you know, and um, and it is a little bit. But as soon as I get cracking, uh, as soon as I, we start talking about the stories and things, um, I relax and I'm okay then. Uh, but beforehand, it, it is a little bit, a little bit, you know, the old butterflies. Even <laughs> at my age, you know, it is, it gets you like that. But uh, no, it, it soon settles down. They're a good thing, butterflies. I've always said as a performer, you, if you if you've not got butterflies before you go on stage, then you're not doing it right. There. Yeah, that's in anything really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think uh, you know when you got a radio program or what have you, you still get a little bit of twitchiness just before you go on air. And uh, I think that's what brings the best out of you, that that nervousness, you know. Absolutely, it means you care. <laughs> it does mean you care. <laughs> um, hey, you ought, to, you ought to have seen my stomach before we played Sheffield United, knowing we've got to get a point. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some questions from fans as well that have been sent in. Um, who was your football hero growing up? That's from Johnny. 
Um, it was a centre half. Nobody will, you know, a lad called Joe Shaw, who played centre half for Sheffield United. He was only five foot six and a centre half, uh, but he was my hero. Um, and then quickly one from from Roger Bonnet. What's your thought on the mega play player wages now compared to how it was when you started out? I just I think it's immoral, really. But hey hey ho, you know the money that the league generates. You can't blame players for getting what they want, you know, what they can out of it. But, um, no, it's, it gets harder for managers, I think. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time Thanks today. We cannot Thanks, wait Barra. to have you here <laughs> at the Bath Hall later. Are you going to come early and introduce yourself, Lizzie? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'll be yeah. there. We, we'll do lots of stuff. We'll maybe get some photos and things beforehand. Yeah, we no cannot problem. wait to have you here. I know our audience are really excited. We're getting loads of comments through already. So okay. we will see you next month. Thank you very much. Thank you for so time, Neil. All the yes. best. Bye. Okay, so that was Neil Warnock. That was a fantastic interview, wasn't it? I tell you what, that was great. I <laughs> I wasn't planning on coming to the show, but I am now. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's interesting. I can't wait to. I knew he wasn't going to answer that question about who his special guests were. Yeah. Um, I could see him look towards the side to see if he was allowed to say it or not, and I thought he's never going to. But it's. I'm excited to see who he's going to bring. Well, that, like I say, I had plans on that date, but they've just gone out the window. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to make a phone call to my missus after this. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, but I want you to give us a little bit more about the Iron Hour podcast. So what can you expect from the Iron Hour podcast for anyone who listens to the uh, bus, backstage at the bus that maybe doesn't listen to yours yet? So we are called the Iron Hour podcast. I think it's a little bit unfair to say we're a dedicated Scunthorpe United podcast. We Obviously, that is our main concern, but we talk about all manner of things in, in the local area, the local community, including local sports. But uh, yeah, we, we really do talk about a wide range of topics. We're available on Spotify and we're also available on the Iron Army YouTube channel. And as I say, we are the Iron Hour podcast. Uh, I've been Barra. Big thank you. Lizzie for inviting me down I really do appreciate that and yeah if you are local to Scunthorpe or if you're a Scunthorpe United fan or if you just want to listen to anything that vaguely resembles a football <laughs> podcast then you should give us a listen thank you so much it, honestly it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on here it's really good to have a different vibe as well at the same time it's been a, a, a totally different collaboration episode but I do hope that you did enjoy it um, tickets for Neil Warnock are on sale. You can get them from the Bath Hall box office. That is um, just by coming in, or you can give us a call on 01724 296 296 or visit uk and get them off our website. There's still some pretty decent seats left, and we have just had some of the VIP tickets released back to us that we can sell. So there is still an opportunity to get a meet and greet with Neil Warnock, which will be fantastic, and get those front row seats as well with them so um do check the website all the information about what you get for a vip ticket is on there um we hope to see you at the show thank you so much for listening thank you so much barra for joining us um and see you soon